as because you're changing your lifestyle, you're doing something different. You're breaking free of this mold, which probably had a lot to do with how you're feeling. Now you feel this purpose and this, what I call this anchor. The anchor method, that's essentially what it is, is you have something that you get up for every single day. Even if you don't want to, you've created all these anchors around you that it's almost impossible not to do these things. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lifestyle Engineer Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chouinard, and I'm really excited to have my guest on today, Sach Lati. He is, he's got a pretty extensive bio here, so I actually have it written down, so I don't miss anything of this incredible journey he's on. So he's dedicated his life to maximizing his skill sets for the collective. He strives to be the best version of himself so that he can use his body to raise awareness for veterans, first responders, and emergency personnel struggling with mental health issues. Over the last two years, he has raised over $40,000 for various charities that support our heroes. He has done so many running mar ultra marathons, um, which I'm excited to dive into because <laughs> running is not my forte. So let's, yeah. uh, and then, so this, this year, this fundraising event will be in, in August, 2023. He'll be running 21 marathons in 21 days, which, wow. Um, <laughs> he'll be running across the province of BC as the first person of color and service law enforcement officer. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, brother. Yeah, we've been connecting back and forth, what, for six months, maybe? At least, yeah. I, I think I was um, switched on to your uh, Instagram by, uh, I think, a mutual sort of connection. Um his name on Instagram is Viking Mike. Yep, Mike. Yep. So, so he, uh, I think maybe like a year ago, or maybe, um, maybe not that far long, that far back, but he connected with me and he was like, "Hey, man, you need to check out Matt. He's pretty legit." I think it must have been at the beginning when he first moved out to Alberta. Yep. And and <clears throat> I was like, "Cool, man." So I started following you. <laughs> and that's it. Then the, yeah, it's all zero. And I, I was excited when. Uh, reached out and we'd start chatting with the podcast as mm -hmm. excited to have you on because selfishly I want to learn more about your story too and if I could take the listeners on the journey itself so share because I don't know a lot of your background story either sure. share a little bit about how you got to where you are and why this is so important to you absolutely um I'll give you a quick sort of elevator speech yeah <laughs> so really um everything kind of started for me uh, the right before the pandemic kicked off. And 18 years in law enforcement, I work for the Canada Border Services Agency. Uh, I've been there for 18 years. Um, uh, I've had my mental health struggles throughout my life, but really I didn't know I had any struggles until the pandemic uh, started really creeping in. And um, right before the pandemic happened, uh, I was going through some marriage issues, separation, divorce, and that got gave me an opportunity to take my own inventory, so to speak. I was uh, I was the squeaky wheel in the marriage. I wasn't really, if I were to look back on how I was, um, I wasn't my best self. I wasn't a, a good husband, and I wasn't a really good partner. And for me, that was because uh, I thought I was, <laughs> mm. you know, in my own head. And my own ego, I thought, oh, I'm doing this, that, and the other, whatever, right? And uh, I thought I was, and um, but most definitely I was not, and that didn't feel good for me. So, um, so long story short, separation, divorce, 
living in a basement suite, almost starting all over again, like hitting yeah. a bit of a rock bottom and trying to figure out, okay, listen, um, I don't like what I've done here with my life and I want to figure out how to do life better. And so I kind of started on that journey, right? Started reading some books. Um, and I wasn't an avid reader, to be honest, even before that. Um, I, I became one now, but I uh, the first book I picked up to release help out was uh, Jocko Willink's Extreme Ownership. And I read that book cover to cover. And um, as soon as I read that book, I, I, I started trying to take ownership for for all my sort of, um, well, owning my responsibilities in life, right? Right, right. And um, so through that process, and mind you, I'm, you know, I'm struggling quite a bit mental. My mental health was, wasn't so good at this time. And my depression and anxiety was really like on another level, so to speak. And um, now the pandemic kicks in, you can't work out. And I was, uh, you know, I used to bodybuild and, and jujitsu, avid, um, you know, training for the last five years in jujitsu. And I used to train almost every day. And for me, that was a, a connection piece with people. And, you know, when I would go to jujitsu, um, if anyone who, who's listening to this understands anything about depression, man, if you're isolated and alone, it's not a good thing. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so the pandemic um, took jujitsu away from me as well. And that, when that happened, that was really a, a major blow for me. I, uh, I broke down and um, really didn't know what to do. So then I picked up uh, another book, uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Coggins. And I read the first two chapters. I still haven't finished the book, <laughs> full disclosure. Uh, I read the first two chapters and they spoke to me and, and I, it resonated with me. Just, you know, his life experiences and whatnot. And so for me, I wasn't a runner. Uh, I, I, I'm 45 and I, I, um, I hadn't ran since high school and I started running, um, at the beginning of the pandemic. So maybe like two years ago. And I, uh, I'm, I kind of go all in when I do things. So, you know, I picked up a couple, <laughs> I had my old sort of 10 year old pair of shoes on yeah. and I, I just like, okay, hey man, let me, uh, let me get out there. Let me, let me start running a little bit. Um, cause the underlying theme of Goggins book, at least the one that I uh, interpreted at that time was um do hard things right yep. and mm-hmm. i interpret the book or that sort of meaning much differently now but at that time i i you know took it to mean physically and um <clears throat> so i started running and scheduled myself three five k's a week and you know i mean for me i had no frame of reference right like i didn't know uh, <laughs> i didn't know what was good what was bad nothing because i didn't really um, run ever and at that time I was really getting a bit more isolated uh, I was still working and everything but um, you know so most of my friends for the last 18 years we just kind of started just growing apart mm-hmm. and so I just started running and uh, I did that and after about a couple months I was like okay man let me see if I can uh, push myself so I went out one night I had a real bad day that day actually so mind you I was living in the basement suite of the house I, uh, my ex-wife and I bought together um, so okay. we lived in, so I had moved into the basement suite. So um, during the pandemic, you know, if people were renting, they can squat and, you know, not pay. So my ex-wife and I, we came to an agreement where I would move into the basement suite, pay rent and all that kind of stuff. And then I could still see my daughter on a regular basis and, mm-hmm. and it, it would help her and it would help me. Um, but, you know, realistically, it wasn't really good for either one of us mental health wise, but we made the best of it. So anyways, so I had a bad day that day. <laughs> And the, the, I wasn't feeling really good. And, yeah. you know, um, 
I was in my head and my anxiety was like really, really high. And um, I was like, man, I got to do something here. And so I just went out for a run. Mm. And um, it was out of schedule. It wasn't part of my schedule to do it. And it's like, whatever, man. And I ran 21K. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, I just, um, yeah, I went out and I was like, going. And I had never done that ever. Like, I've never pushed myself to that degree without any sort of motivating factor trying to do it. Like, mm. you know, when I would compete in jujitsu, you know, you know, go and compete in a tournament and, and get a medal or with bodybuilding, you know, you're dieting and you, get, you, you go to a, an event and get a trophy or not, whatever. Right. But this was just like more of an internal thing. I just, I could, I can't explain it. I just kind of went and, um, you know, it wasn't pretty. I mean, it didn't take, I wasn't fast. I, I just did it. And for me, that kind of gave me, um, hmm, made me feel good about myself. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And um, so when that happened, you know, I was, uh, you know, was, was sore for a bit, but then I continued on that path and I was like, okay, well, you know, let's keep doing this. And I kept, uh, kept running and let's say 2021 in February in and around that time, um, I wanted to really test myself because I hit a plateau, so to speak. And I was like, you know, I listened to Cam Haynes quite a bit on Joe Rogan's podcast and, and people like that. And I heard him, I've heard him a bunch of times on that podcast and, you know, he's in his fifties and he's, he's an ultra marathoner. And, you know, when he's gearing up for a hundred miler or a 200 miler, he's running a marathon a day for training. And, um, I was like, man, that's amazing. <laughs> How does he do that? Um, he's in his fifties. I want to be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, cause I was, just, you know, I, I was like, that's amazing. And, yeah. um, so I started thinking to myself, okay, how can I do that? And, uh, and so I started trying to create a plan and look, I wasn't trying to do a marathon a day. That would have been like, I mean, I probably could have, but it would have been a hot mess. <laughs> but so I wanted to, and it, to be honest, actually, actually, you know what? I don't know if I could have, it was such a daunting task to even think about doing a marathon a day. So the truth is, I don't know if I could have done it, but what I did try to do is like, let me see if I can run a half marathon a day. Hmm. So what I, what I did was I worked my way up to running 21 K. So, um, every day I would run, uh, I started with 11 K a day and every week I'd increase it by a kilometer. So okay. I would go 11 K 12 K 13. So hmm. every week, so it was about 10 week process to get to the 21 K a day. And then I got there. And I did 21K a day for a week. And now for your listeners, I think maybe this could be an important piece is that um, I was working full time in law enforcement. I'm a canine handler. I was running my dog and I had a daughter and I was going through the divorce and I was running a half marathon a day. Right. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. And it's a lot, but, um, you know, you can find time. <laughs> right. And um, now in fairness, I wasn't sleeping much, uh, maybe two or three hours a night because my anxiety was so high and so bad that um i just wasn't really sleeping well so maybe that's part of it <laughs> so anyways right when i uh, at the end of that week um i was like holy man i i, I ran 21k a day and it, that elevated me again because my self-worth and confidence it may have seemed to other people that it was really good but it was in the dumps and really most of my life my self-worth self-confidence um all the things related to who i felt as as an individual were not good right and so I presented myself as I was like, my ego was so inflated that, you know, people thought I was okay, but really I wasn't. 
And um, so, yeah, I, uh, I did that and I felt really good about myself. And as soon as I ran that 21K, I like snapped my fingers and I was like, you know what? I can run across Canada. It just, I don't know why. Just I in that moment. That. Yeah, it just came to my head because I thought, well, Terry Fox uh, ran a marathon a day on one leg. I just ran 21 kilometers on two legs. I'm not that far off, right? Right. I mean, I, I could run, I, like I could probably, with a little bit of training, run a marathon a day do 20 run 21k in the morning and 21k in the afternoon and i could make it work so that's kind of what was going through my head at that time and i was like oh man that's kind of cool <laughs> so then i started thinking yeah. okay let me let me leverage this for a little bit more positivity and um i have a family uh you know a history of uh, some military service and i have uh, police you know law enforcement like a lot of my friends and family uh, you know a lot of service oriented kind of people and for me, it was a no-brainer. I thought, okay, man, I'm kind of doing something here. Let me see if I can run 100K <laughs> and um, raise some money for the BC Yukon Legion uh, Command for um, veterans and uh, RCMP members with PTSD. Hmm. And um, so I, I did that. <laughs> so I started training. So in from August of 2021 to November 2021, I was fundraising. And I'd never fundraised in my entire life, ever. And I like I pretty pretty much a selfless kind of person most of my life. Like I just mm -hmm. kind of did my own thing. But you know, I started kind of branching out or, into this kind of world. And um, in three months, I raised twenty one thousand dollars just all through Instagram and just kind of connecting with people and you know sharing why I was doing it. And I'm a little bit more settled in my role now. But at that time, I was kind of all over the place still. And right. um, I, and I was you know I I was holding on to service to kind of help me. Right, because mm -hmm. my mental health wasn't so good, and so on the seventh of November, twenty twenty one, I ran from the Pacific Regional Training Center in Chilliwack, BC, to mm -hmm. the to the Vancouver International Airport, a uh, hundred kilometers. Okay, and uh, I ran that in just under fifteen hours, and um, yeah. So when I did that, uh, that you know, I had a pretty significant paradigm shift in perspective, like I um. I don't know what changed, but something did. <laughs> at least I know now what changed, but at that moment, I couldn't really understand. I was very disillusioned with the service I was in at the time in, in law enforcement. And um, I felt lost. Even after doing all that, I was still super depressed, to be honest. I was, in, mm. I was a hot mess. Like I wasn't very good at all. Uh, I went through a major depressive episode. I had to go to the doctor. I ended up getting medicated. Um, uh for for anxiety and um so needless to say and i mind you i was doing all of these things all at the same time too fundraising raising money training working like everything was kind of all over the place man divorce like i didn't really have any safe space i was just kind of moving constantly and um yeah so fortunately for me um global news had done a couple stories on what i had done and um, I started connecting with some pretty cool people through social media, you know, mm -hmm. people like you and others. And um, I, uh, I connected with a man named Sean Taylor. And he lives in Rossland, BC. It's about a 10-hour drive from here. Okay. And, um, you know, he's a veteran. He's probably 60 now, maybe 59, in and around that. And um, Caucasian fella. And, um, you know, Rossland, just so you know, is like maybe two or 3,000 people. It's a small town, small right? Small town, yeah. Yeah. And um, 
so I, I I saw him on Instagram, social media with mutual friends. And I was like, who is this guy with my mutual friends? I started kind of questioning, well, what's going on here? So I went to his Instagram account and I, I was like, you know, immediately when I saw his bio, it said, uh, you know, retired former or former tier one operator, warrant officer, JTF2, yada, 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 yada. Right. Now, I'm, I'm not sure if you know what JTF2 is or any of your listeners, um, but uh, have you heard of it before? No, I haven't. Okay. So um, have you heard of uh, SEAL Team 6? Yes. Canada's equivalent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, JTF2 is Joint, Joint Task Force 2, and it's a Special Forces Unit of Canada, and it's been in, you know, been around for, I don't know. Well, it's been around since my friend. So my friend was selected as the first person to be on the teams when it was created in Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's, uh, he was, um, okay. So to put it into perspective, as soon as I kind of understanding who he was, it was like having Jocko Willink on speed dial. Mm. Same thing. Yeah. So, so anyway, so I connected with this guy and we started kind of communicating through Instagram. And, um, you know, like I said, I was very depressed after the 7th of November running the 100K and I was still kind of lost and kind of, you know, fledgling, moving around. <laughs> and uh, I noticed he was coming back from Haiti. He was on a consulting trip when he went, he went to Haiti in December of 2021 and he had just come back. He landed in Vancouver and Vancouver had a snowstorm at that time. So his flight to Rosslyn, BC was canceled. And I was, I just so happened to be at the airport because I was working. Okay. And he posted up a story on his Instagram saying, you know, whatever, I'm going for food or whatever. And I hit him up. I'll go, hey, man, you want to go for, you want to go, go for a beer? <laughs> and he was like, no, but we can go for a coffee. Right? Mm. And so then I, I, I met up with him. And the reason why I kind of met up with him, man, like I said, I felt really uh, unrelatable to people. Like, I just felt like, I don't know, I was like an outsider. I felt that way, even though I may not have been. I just felt like that. And I thought maybe I could relate to someone like that, a tier one operator who's probably done some pretty, you know, crazy things. And I thought I was doing a crazy thing. Maybe we can relate. I don't know, right? Right. So we, I met with him. We, 30 minutes turned into three hours. And um, from then, we kept in touch. And um, I asked if I could continue talking to him. And he said, yeah, so pretty much every day, well, I'll say three to four days a week for about two or three months, he, we would Zoom call each other, each other with no time limit, two, three, four hours, whatever it took. And I credit, I don't say this lightly, but I credit him with saving my life, right? Mm -hmm. um, I credit him with saving my life because I was in a spot, man, like it wasn't very pleasant. And I could talk to someone that I could relate to, but also he would hold me accountable and he would actually give me some guidance that I could use, you know, and, um, right, right or wrong. My ego was so out of control that I wouldn't have listened to anyone else other than someone like him because he's a master sniper, airborne, like all the things that I kind of held in high regard and not just right. militarily wise, but also physically and intellectually and all the things that I would want to aspire to be like. It was like right there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, man, okay, I'm going to listen to what you got to say, right? And so I was just asking questions over a period of three or four months. I learned a lot about him, and he learned a ton about me. And what I learned about him, yeah, he was in the military for a certain amount of time. He retired. He was, you know, tip of the spear in the military, you know, the best you could possibly be in that kind of field. 
he retired, did various different things, became an entrepreneur, retired. His wife was exceptional in whatever she did. They eventually moved to Calgary and then Rossland. And, and um, he became a, uh, a, a 24-hour solo mountain bike guy. So he okay. started riding. So he started doing 24-hour solos uh, when he was in his early 40s. And um, and you know what that is. I'm guessing you're just in the mountain by yourself yeah. on a mountain bike. <laughs> so 24-hour solos, I didn't know this was a thing until I talked to this guy. So they have like, it's like an international sport, right? Okay. I didn't know so, this. Yeah. And so you, so these people, you know, gather all over the world, Australia, Europe, States, wherever the tournaments or competitions are. And they ride for 24 hours in the mountains. And it's not like, it's like they're getting after it, right? right. They're getting after it. So he uh, became a world champion. And um, through that process, he obviously was very, so the type of person he is, is very intellectual and he's very um, nuanced. So he gets in the weeds of things. And so over the years, he learned a lot about fitness and he learned a lot about nutrition as it related to ultra endurance athletes. And um, so, he was, you know, it was kind of like a good fit. You know, we kind yeah, of met. I was and I was say. Doing, I was gonna, it was very serendipitous, to be honest. And um, so he, uh, we chatted and, you know, he kind of gave me a little bit of guidance here and there. And then over a period of time, um, you know, I learned that he also became a, an elite performance coach. Um, he had trained hundreds, if not thousands of athletes all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also has trained. I mean, he's got six world champions under his belt that he's trained uh, for these 24-hour solos. So, um, yeah, so we just kind of connected. He kind of gave me some guy. He didn't really even tell me how to do all the running or training. It was none of that. It was more just mindset. Right. A lot of mi- Which is mindset. The, one of the biggest parts, right? Fundamental. It was yeah. the number one thing that I would get from him. And I would look, eventually got to the point where I would just talk to him on Sundays and we would just chat every Sunday. So uh, what ended up happening is over that period of two or three months, he helped me turn down the white noise in my head and help me realize what my purpose is and what I'm meant to do in this, this life for me, right? right. And as, as soon as I was able to identify that, man, it became pretty easy in the sense of my path was set. I knew which direction I needed to go. I just needed to continue moving in that direction. So for me, that that's easy because I don't have to figure out which, where to shoot the bearing. Right. You know what right. I mean? Yep. I, I, you know, I got a true direction. It's a righteous direction and all that, you know, I feel good about it. Right. So that's what he helped me with. So my purpose in life is to continue doing what I'm doing. And so after I had chatted with him and, you know, I, I obviously continue chatting with him. He's a really close friend of mine. He's my mentor. Right. And so what I did last year was I was like, okay, man, let, you know, I did this one thing. I'm not a big deal. Like I just did this one thing to try to help people, but you know, let me see what, it, what would happen if I go all in. Cause I, look, I'm not an endurance athlete. I just started running. <laughs> like, right. I mean, under, to be fair, it hasn't been two years in 12 months from November of 2021 to November, 2022, I raised over $40,000 in 12 months. And in 12 months, I learned how to run a hundred kilometers. And so, and a lot of it's been, you know, athletic sort of just natural athleticism and I'm, I'm disciplined so I can kind of train, but, um, a lot of it was will, but now I'm trying to 
get in, dive deeper, try to understand a lot more of the nuance and a lot more of the nutrition that's associated and a lot of the things that are, uh, I'm trying to become a professional athlete, essentially learning right. be, this, is, this is my job now. Right. So yeah. that's kind of this how I think of it. And so what I did last year was uh, I scheduled ultra marathons every month from March until November so I could fundraise and connect with people and raise awareness for the charity that I'm working for or volunteering for. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the charity I'm volunteering for is called the Honor House Society. And it's a small nonprofit with one employee based in New Westminster, B.C., that services all veterans and first responders and emergency personnel. So that includes corrections officers, paramedics, fire, everybody, current and retired. And they're also building, in the process of building a ranch in Ashcroft, BC, with 10 cabins to also support those members with uh, cutting edge treatment, with equine therapy, and all these other kinds of therapies. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to raise the money for them. And uh, so, what I did <laughs> starting in March of last year, I did Goggins 4x4. And then in April, I went to Salmon Arm and did another race, uh, which was called the Last Man Standing. And basically, every month, I would do like a ultra. And until November of uh, November 6th of this past November 6th, I ran um, again from PRTC Chilliwack to New Westminster, where Honor House is, which is 90 kilometers. And um, yeah, so what I've learned over this year, and by no means do I know everything about ultra endurance, I'm, I'm still a baby here and I'm just still trying to learn. But I, what I'm starting to really understand here is that the reach we can kind of get out of this and um, how we can galvanize a lot of people around a common goal. My ultimate goal is really not just raising money and awareness, but it's also to uh, break the record for the fastest run across Canada, right? So I'm training every day for 2025 is the real goal, like the real sort of fundamental goal. All the other things that I've been doing, it's kind of been able, it's been training for me to prepare myself for 2025. Yeah. And so that's why in August of this year, you know, part of the fundraising efforts is to run across the province, but also train my body, see what breaks down, what doesn't break down, have contingency plans, all these types of things. Right. But also, I think a lot of people may not be aware of um, BC has wildfires every summer yep. and every summer, you know, it's uh, devastating for the interior of the province. And a lot, what people might not be aware of is that a lot of the firefighters that have fought and that do fight these fires in these small towns are fighting them and they're still some of them are homeless because their homes have been burnt down and they're still fighting mm -hmm. these fires and i didn't know that until i was speaking to honor house this uh earlier last year and they were telling me this so um one of the reasons why we're going to run across the province so we can stop around in some of these towns and try to raise awareness meet with as many people as possible um i don't know just bring some positive energy to some of these areas if we right. can yeah. and 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 how I'm trying to do that is by connecting across the country with various different people. I've been traveling across the country, trying to connect with as many people possible, like-minded people, trying to see if we can galvanize the entire country around a common goal, which is mental health and supporting people. Um, now, initially, you know, it's all about right now, first responders and veterans. But I mean, look, at the end of the day, we're all affected by mental health. And, and I think right. if, we, if we can all connect together and see if we can help as many people as possible. But again, so galvanize the entire country. If I can kind of, and this might sound outlandish, I'm not trying to be disrespectful at all. This is more of a, a respect thing for me. If I can um, do a fraction of what Terry Fox did for cancer, um, and if I could do maybe 1% of that for mental health, mm -hmm. then that's kind of what I'm, what I'm going for here, right? right? Like 
breaking the records, whatever. It's just a, a way to kind of get me focused to get after it. But yep. I don't need to bake the record. I just want to be able to raise awareness and as much money as possible for the charity. And that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I love that. And there's so many things. I, I was taking notes throughout this whole, <laughs> as you were talking. Um, one thing that really hit me is that the purpose aspect, right? And that you had a mentor. And I think that's something that, especially men don't really talk about is the need for mentorship or just not even mentorship, but having a group of people around you that are going in a different direction. Cause you mentioned, and I say different direction than the norm, quote unquote norm. Like, cause you mentioned that you asked, um, Sean, correct. That's his name yeah. for yeah. a beer, but he said a coffee. Um, but I'm guessing that's, just something he doesn't necessarily do is more just about the coffee, right? So, and you, you talked about how you had a group of friends that you grew up with, maybe that you kind of grew away from as because you're changing your lifestyle, you're doing something different. You're breaking free of this mold, which probably had a lot to do with how you're feeling, right? Now you feel this purpose and this, what I call this anchor, right? The, the anchor method, that's essentially what it is, is you, you have something that you get up for every single day, right? Like even if you don't want to, um, that you're thinking about 2025, mm. you're thinking about raising money. You've created all these anchors around you that it's almost impossible not to do these things, right? Is it, you know, I'm, I'm truly happy that you kind of recognize that. And I didn't see it. I mean, I kind of thought that like that, but the way you just explained it, 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 um, it's clearer to me. So these anchors that I've put, I'll use your phrase um, or terminology, the anchors that I've put, I put anchors every, everywhere. Yep. Like wherever I can find an anchor, I'm throwing it in. So for example, and I'm, oh man, I'm so, I'm going to be using that. If, I hope you don't mind. Yeah, uh, go for it. It, it really illustrates um, what I do, right? And so for me, I've, I'm working for the last 18 years in law enforcement, and I'm, I'm just kind of figuring out how to transition out the right way. And so that, I'm in that process right now, but um, I've already committed that I'm going to donate my pension, like I, whatever. Now, people are going to be like, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. No, it's an anchor because I know what I need to do with my life, and I know um, what I'm capable of. Yeah. And I have, and I'm now I'm enabled with confidence because of all the things I've done over the last couple of years that I'll be fine, right? Mm -hmm. I know if I continue doing the things that I'm doing, uh, and as long as I don't change the sort of patterns that I'm executing against, right. that life will be okay. I'm not worried about five years down the road about money because the outcome will be great because what I'm doing every single day is doing my best. Yep. If I do my best every single day, then the outcome will be what it will be. Now, I know based off of the metrics over the last 12 months, what that looks like in three years. I like right. exponentially a, changes. Yeah. Like I know without a doubt, like after probably in about three or four years, my life will be <laughs> like, I don't even know. It'll probably be very different than it is right now. And it, it'll be whatever I want it to be. And so that's why I'm kind of confident that, Hey, you know what? I'll get that pension. I'll donate it. And that'll help a lot of people. I know I'll be fine. I don't need a million dollars. Even if I make 60 grand a year, I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, so that's kind of how I started thinking about things. Um, I started thinking, okay, how much do I actually need to live? What do I actually need? 
And I started trying to figure out that. And I thought, you know, I have child support. I got bills. I got, you know, I got to, I got paid for things. Yeah. But if I could, if I could make, you know, 60 to $80,000 a year, well, and I can continue doing what I'm doing in terms of helping other people, training full time, raising awareness, then I'm good. Right. Like, so, and I think, you know, making $80,000 a year might sound like a lot of money, but the reality is it's not. If you love doing what you're doing, you'll figure out how to make that $80,000 a year. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of the mindset I've kind of put myself in. And for me, that was very difficult to get there because I've been a government employee for almost 20 years, you know, and I haven't had, I haven't been, this is my fault. I haven't, um, tested myself in that environment enough i've tested myself physically and all these kinds of things but like pushing myself out of my comfort zone as it relates to everything else i never did so going back to the uh, goggins can't hurt me i misinterpreted his book saying oh do hard things i thought he meant physically um, because i was so in my own world but the reality is that it means do difficult things for you whatever that is and get out of your Get out of your comfort zone. What does that mean? How and why do you want to do difficult things? Because you'll learn. You become a better person. And, it, yeah. and, and you only fail if you allow yourself not to continue down that road. So if you're, if you're, if you're hitting a roadblock, and this was such a big issue for me, I would always quit. I'd find a roadblock and I'd be like, oh, man, that's too difficult. Or, oh, you know, like all the things that would go through my head would be like very negative. And... And I still have a disagreeable sort of mind. Like a, I am just naturally neurotic. So I kind of come from a negative mindset from all the way, like just naturally. So I have, I have so that's what was um, why I have like a, a real predisposition towards depression and anxiety is because I have such a high level of neuroticism mm-hmm. that I, it kind of affects me that way. But I think with the direction that I'm going in, it constantly keeps me focused in a positive direction because there's nothing really to be negative about. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so my negative moments are become shorter and shorter. They're not as big as they used to be where they'd last a long time. Now right. it's just like, Oh, I feel like garbage today. You know what? I'm going to use, instead of going for a drink, maybe I'm going to go out for a run or instead right. of going for a drink, I'm going to go talk to a friend. Right. Because something I never would have done before. So to highlight what you were mentioning about the mentors, man, I never thought it was that important. Holy moly. It's an amazing thing to have. If not just even a mentor, but just a community of people around you that are like minded, man, I can't like we hear it all the time. We hear it all the time. But um, I truly understand what that means now, like like in like I've totally internalized what that means. And. You know, having people around that are like-minded, man, holy, like, that's the only reason in 12 months I've catapulted as fast as I have because of all the people around me that think, they're not like automatons, but they have their own way of thinking, right. but we're aligned in how, which direction we want to go in life. And man, that's empowering. Like, I, I, I'm sponsored by a um, supplement company called Magnum. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marcus Collius, he's the CEO, and he's an awesome guy. Like, uh, I, I want to connect you guys if uh, if we can get a chance there. Yeah. Because um, he um, he was the first person outside of maybe the close couple people around me that was external and owned a big company 
that mm. believed in me. Mm. He was the only person. And and uh, I'm not a religious fella. I I have an open mind. And um, Marcus is a, a a Christian. And um, mm. man, I uh, he's an awesome guy, man. He he was super legit. He didn't have to do anything. And I so what had happened was I want to tell the story real quick. Um, I was struggling a lot, man. I was trying to find support. I'm like paying for all my supplements and all these things, man. I'm like, man, I need some help here. And uh, I was sponsored by another company before uh, I met up with Magnum. And it just didn't, it wasn't a right fit, right? Like um, they weren't aligned in the same direction in terms of what I was trying to do. And they didn't really believe in it. So they weren't really supporting me that much, right. which is fine. That, that was their own direction. So I, I, yep. I, I decided to move on. And I just didn't, I had nobody at that time, like any support in terms of like external. And I was like, man, I got to figure this out. So I had a friend of mine in, in Winnipeg who has a company called G Fit Wellness. And, um, you know, he owns, he's got tons of trainers and he, he um, is partners with uh, Marcus and Magnum because they provide their clients with the Magnum supplements. Okay. And so I, ca- I connected with uh, Grant. I go, hey, man, because uh, <laughs> He he trained me for like maybe seven eight years ago for one of my bodybuilding shows. He gave me he was giving me my protocol, and um, so I go, hey man, I need some help here. Is there any way you can help me out? Like get me a FaceTime with Marcus or something? Because I need like I don't need you to do anything for me. You just get me in front of somebody and I can, I'll do the rest. Like I don't need anyone to give me a handout, right? And he's like, cool. So he's like, just write me an email and I'll send it to him. I was like, all right. So I wrote up an email, just kind of my vision. I sent it to him. He sent it to Marcus. Marcus is staff. Like, I think his uh, assistant contacted me and was like, okay, let's set up a meeting. Met up at, at the where at the Magnum headquarters in his boardroom. And, and he was like, yeah, tell me your story. I kind of said whatever I needed to say. And he was like, cool. Yeah, I'm all in, man. Uh, <laughs> <That's and awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm all in. Um, I don't know what that means, but let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. So and I get it. He's a businessman, right? So he can't throw everything at me the first year, right? Because he wants to, you know, probably ensure that I'm not full of BS, right? And right. He wants to see if I'm uh, performing. And um, over the last twelve months, man, I've also gone to him for mentorship from time to time because I don't know anything about business. I'm not a businessman, right? Just a guy doing a thing that wants to help some people, and I really, I really don't care about money that much to my detriment. Right. So I need people around me that are saying, Hey, you maybe want to do this, that, and the other. Right. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm talking to him and, and he, really encouraging. And he started telling me about his book that he's writing because he's written a book on mindset as well. And he's going to be touring the States and all this kind of stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. I was like, Yeah. And I was like, Man, like, so he's giving me some of his tips for mindset. And, and what I've started seeing, um, his tips, Sean's tips, some of your your tips that I've heard, a lot of people, um, the one the tips that work are all the same. Hundred percent. They're all the same. Just the different. It's just a different delivery method. So whoever's who, whoever you connect better with, you'll receive the information better from. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I've kind of gathered, right? And um, so I can dig that, man. Like I'm all, I'm all, I'm all over that. Whatever can get the message to people, then it's cool. So I'm talking to Marcus. Uh, I, I had a meeting yesterday with his creative director. And now we're starting to think of strategies. How do we make August even bigger? Right. How do we get more? So now we got the company starting to think this way. Right. 
And I'm like, wait a second, hey man. So we started brainstorming ideas, me and the creative director, right? And th this is not me saying this, so I don't want anyone who's listening to this thinking I haven't, I, I really try to control my ego as much as I possibly can. So I, I, I try to preface things by saying, this is not me saying, I just don't want people getting the wrong message. Um, so people, I've made a pretty good connection with the various first responders and, and military community across the country. And uh, now I'm kind of getting this moniker, uh, the Canadian David Goggins, right? Kind of thing. So, you know, I'm running a lot. I'm, you know, don't have hair. And, you know, I was going to mention something, but you mentioned it now. So you're good. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, so I was just talking to the creative director, Zach. I'm like, hey, man, there's got to be something here that we can do, right? Like, I, I know that David Goggins volunteers his time in bc to fight fires and no one knows that i know that i know he comes here uh, voluntarily and he's helped over the last couple of years in the forest fires and um there's got to be and i've i've also connected with him you know superficially on instagram like you, you know he might say oh stay hard or whatever right right yeah on some of these tags so i was just like we gotta there's got to be a strategy or a campaign we can create to get his attention because if we can get his attention for a good cause, you know, I would love to be able to run 50K with him and maybe run through with some firefighters and, and showcase, you know, how some of these people have been affected in, in Lytton. There's a town in BC called Lytton that still isn't there anymore because of the forest fires. Yeah. And so if we can raise something there. So now we've kind of started something now. So, you know, I don't know if it'll turn into anything, but the support is there from Magnum to figure out if there's a way we can connect with these types of people to bring awareness, then let's think of doing that. And so my point is, oh, that's going to happen. My point is I'm supported by people that are willing to at least entertain the idea and see what we can do. Yeah. And for me, that's, that's all I care about. I don't even care if it happens now. I just want people to respect the opinion and the value and the importance of what we're trying to do. And if people are around that are doing that, then I'm, I'm good to go. Right. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, you said so many great things in there. And one of them is that like kind of going back to the anchor, the purpose aspect is things start to fall into place or you start to take steps towards that. You're more focused on going in the right direction than trying to dictate every single action to that. Right. And then you start to connect with people that uh, align with that. You start to on podcasts and like this and you mentioned mm -hmm. yeah i have so many books behind me that i haven't read because they're saying the same thing and they're great books but they're saying the same thing in a different way there's principles and there's methods that are consistent they're just saying this different saying the same thing in different ways and if you can understand those principles and truths and become the disciplined person and I think discipline is a byproduct of having a purpose bigger than the friction or the barriers you're going to face, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And that actually keeps you going. Like for yourself, mm -hmm. it's not easy to run as much as you're running. Like it's uncomfortable, I'm sure. I'm sure you're, you're coming to enjoy it more and more. But that purpose that you're pursuing, that is a lifelong pursuit is going to keep you going and i'm sure that i'm guessing you have way less anxiety now correct oh man yeah my anxiety levels my mental look i'm not like these things are always an ongoing thing right, right. but i guarantee like absolutely i am 
I don't know if I've ever felt this good about life ever. Mm. So I've had the philosophy most of my life, endure life, right? You just endure it. You don't, you know, now I have a different perspective, or at least I'm trying to have a different perspective because enduring life isn't the way you should live it, you know? Right. And, and so I kind of think uh, a little bit different, excuse me, a little bit differently now. I think maybe life should be experienced rather than endured. And I think I am looking forward to experiencing it now, as opposed to before I was just like, eh, you know, I'll endure life. There's moments of kind of joy and happiness, obviously, but I want my entire life to be experiences that I can either learn from they may not all be pleasant but they're experiences that i can take away and they can make me a better person so there's value in that and then um there's also experiences in having this conversation with you sharing ideas going back and forth that's an awesome experience and we're doing this virtually and we would never have been able to do this 10 20 years ago so that's an awesome thing and um man yeah i think i i don't think i've ever been this kind of happy about where I'm at in life. Um, like if I were to look at all my metrics, they're not all where I would want them to be, but they're all trending in the direction that I want them to go. Right. right. And um, I can't be happier, man. Like I'm a better father now. I'm a better person for everyone around me. And those were the things I really wanted to do. I wanted to be just a better person for everyone around me. Right. And I think I've done that to a certain degree. And I think by maximizing my skills, I can be a better version of myself and a better person for everyone around me. And by extension, you know, social media then. And then so my my overall mission statement for me is like, I just want to affect permanent positive change. What, however, I need to do that or however I, I manifest that to be. And that's it. So I suspect after I run across Canada, it'll be something else. Right. And and I'm already kind of creating, I'm already thinking about that. I'm already thinking about what, how can I create things so that I can continue to do this for the rest of my life. And I think, you know, the natural thing for me is YouTube. And mm. um, I'm, I, I get it. I, I like this. I like the camera to a certain degree. I understand how I look. I understand how I speak. I understand a lot of things from that perspective. Yep. And I think, you know, with a little bit of focus and a little bit of grit and determination, um, you know, in the next five, six, seven years, the goal is to build a YouTube channel with, you know, a million subscribers, but not really for myself again, right? Like, yeah, no, that's not true. It's for myself, but in parallel for everyone else around me. Right. So, so what I'm looking at for the YouTube channel, and I'm hoping over the next few years, as many podcasts as I'm going to be on, we can try to generate more subscribers for it. But the goal is to have a platform that can inspire people, that can motivate people, that can entertain people, and where people will feel confident that when they subscribe, that money is going to be going to charities that support the community around them. So for example, um, a million subscribers on YouTube generates about a five or $600,000 worth of ad revenue off of shared YouTube, Google ads. And I don't need that much money. <laughs> So for me, you know, I could pay myself a certain amount and then reinvest a certain amount back into the channel to make it even bigger and better. Yep. And then also then the re- remainder gets given to Honor House and the local communities around me. 
And, um, and you know, through that, like you can continue growing. Like I'm meeting so many cool people now, man. Like I'm, I met this amazing person when I went to on, uh, Toronto in October. He's a veteran, you know, a very successful person, amazing individual. And I just sat down on his place. We met up and we filmed our conversation for two hours. Right. And I think, you know, once I have the means to edit all these things down, maybe putting all this stuff on YouTube, not for myself, but for other people to kind of see, Hey, we have amazing people in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't always have to go down South. Those yeah. people are here. Yeah. And what I would like to highlight a little bit, if I possibly can through my next few years of my journey is I think everyone in Canada should know we have JTF too. It's a shame that no one does. Right. No, I JTF, didn't know until you mentioned that. Right. And I think it's, a, and it, it's not your fault. It's the military and, and the people who are belong to that sort of organization's fault because they haven't shared that they're in this country and then that they're amazing. And, you know, we have people here that are exceptional leaders. So if we can highlight some of these people, it's not so much that, um, you know, we're better than anybody else. No, we're, we have amazing people here as well. So if we can show Canadians in Canada that there are levels to everything, now we can aspire to do things in our own country. Now we can aspire to be what excellent here. We don't have to go anywhere else. And yeah, so I also would love to be able to do some of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I could go on so many different paths with this. Um, but one thing you mentioned is just enduring life. So like I'm a Christian and I, uh, we did a study of Ecclesiastes in church lately. And basically <laughs> the thesis of this or the basis of it is that Life is good, but it also sucks. And work hard, but don't work so hard. Enjoy things, but don't enjoy them so much that they become an idol and um, consume you so that you... And it's just such a cool mindset to have that everything is in and of itself vapor, right? So mm. the good and the bad, which then you meditate and you think about my life is so small, like in terms of it's a fraction, right? It's a moment of time. Yes, there's bad stuff that will happen. There's stuff we're going to go through. There's, but there's also a lot of good. And then seeing this and knowing this, you become a more active participant in your own life. Mm. Right? So it's not just about, like I re think retirement, this mindset of retirement is robbing people of their ability to be purposeful. Because um, like you said, if you continue to grow as an individual, you continue to pursue things of meaning and purpose of value. Do you ever really want to retire? No, never. Right? No. Like you're, you're adding value to people and you continually have these metrics like a million subscribers. It's not about the million subscribers. It's a metric that's helping you continue to grow as a person and as a byproduct, connect with more people, create a movement and actually elicit positive change in the world around you. And that's where purpose is, right? And, and I think what happens is we get caught up in doing work, doing jobs, um, because they're going to give us this arbitrary measurement of success. And we think that measurement of success is gonna give us meaning and value in the world or internal meaning and value. And then when we reach this metric, we don't feel it. We don't feel that, that thing we're trying to feel. So we then go chase something else. And the whole time 
we're getting deeper and deeper into the what I call golden handcuffs, right? We're buying things that we need to then have a job that we don't necessarily like to then retire at an age to then hopefully enjoy our life, which then we don't actually know if we're going to still be here at that time, right? So I, I like what you're saying there. It's creating anchors in things that have positive impact on the world around you and growing as a person, continually growing as a person so that you can continue to make a bigger impact. And that gives you way more meaning and fulfillment. And that gets you up in the morning. And it's something that you don't ever want to retire from because, I mean, 12 months, you mentioned how much growth you've seen. Imagine what's oh, going to happen in three, five, 10 years. So just focus. And if I, the listeners, so this is essentially what I coach people on, right? Mm. Find purpose anchor yourself and do the small daily actions in every part of your life. And the byproduct will be the byproduct. The outcome will be the outcome, but you're not so focused on the outcome because you're finding meaning in every single thing you're doing in your life. A hundred percent, man. And there's a reason why I've been following you because I believe the concepts that you're speaking on, right? I understand. I, I mean, they've worked in my life. Right? right, having these anchors and these different things. So, so um, for me, it's like proof is in the pudding now. So, like in terms of going through this journey and process, I'm changing in real time. Right, in real time over the last two years, I've been forging myself in real time. I'm a different human than I was 12 months ago. Yep. Absolutely different. Yeah. If you were to look at me five years ago, I'm so different. So it's like um, we're. I would hope that anyone listening can maybe take that um, to heart that you don't, I don't think you want to stag, be stagnant. You always want to mm. be able to constantly move with forward progression because with forward progression, that's where the growth is and growth in whatever that means to you, whatever that is to you. It's different for me. My, my, what I want to do with my life might be different than what you want to do with your life. But the growth is always a common denominator. We always should be moving in a direction where we're going to be contributing to the people around us in a positive manner. Um, you know, being a positive influence, not only with the people, but within your own household. Right. And, you know, for me, longest time in my life, I don't think I was positive on every front. Like there were things that I was positive and people would look at me, but like I'd had a lot of gaps, right? right? And I wasn't focusing on areas that I probably should have been focusing on at the detriment of others, right? So I think um, for me, what's been helpful on this constant journey is that I've had doubt throughout the entire process. I've doubted myself a lot, but that doubt has kept me honest and it's kept me working hard through the entire time. So it's almost right. kind of like I needed, I needed both. I needed that doubt in my head. Now, the doubt that's in my head, look, I'll be very honest with you. I'm not an ultra endurance athlete. I just started running two years ago. For me to say I'm going to break the record for the fastest one across Canada is, it's uh, the, you know. Um, Imposter syndrome will set in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, uh, this, the, the cards are stacked against me in terms of statistically me being able to do it, number right. one. Number two, the person who has the record is um, Dave Proctor. He did he set that record last year, and the record before that was by Al Howie, and that record was 72 days, 7,300 kilometers in 72 days. Uh, Dave Proctor beat it last summer, and he did it in 67 days, 10 hours. 
both of those individuals have been ultra endurance athletes their entire life, marathons after marathons, like all the things. I'm a dude who did something and uh, <laughs> who wants to see what's possible given the time. I want to mm. see if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it, but I want to see what I can do. I want to yeah. see individually, if I went all in, what can I do? And I don't know if I can break the record, but what I do know is I can run 50K a day right now. And I've trained for about a year and a half. And if I go all in for another year and a half, I have a run coach, kinesiologist, strength conditioning coach, all the pieces put in place now, what can happen? We'll see. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'll get close to it. Yeah. And that's all that matters. The point is what you can do from day one to five years. It's not a six-month project. It's not a year project. I think what people need to really understand is that it's, um, it's a 10-year project. If you're going to do something so large, you, you got to look at it from a 10-year perspective, not a one-year perspective. And if I want to be a better human, well, that's an ongoing process till the day I die. So it's not 10 years. It's forever. Right. So I got to constantly keep moving in a, in, in a positive direction, trying to seek guidance, trying to seek mentorship, trying to be a better person for everyone around me. And, and mm -hmm. that's kind of my purpose. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's the, you're, you're focusing on the outcome you want, but the outcome is not where you're going to find the meaning. You're going to find meaning in the person you're becoming mm. on the journey towards that. I think that's what inhibits and prevents people from doing things, doing difficult things, growing themselves. Cause I, I saw a post, I don't remember what it was, but basically that people don't need to do ice baths. They don't need to run ultra marathons or things like that. You, you don't, right. You, the no. difficult thing for you might not be the difficult thing for either of us. Right. So mm. the difficult thing for you might be for, to go on a five minute walk today. Um, the difficult thing for you might be to like talking to listeners, love your spouse first without expecting anything in return. So do the mm. difficult thing and then create a mission that is bigger than the daily tasks that keeps you pulling forward, that pulls you forward in the difficult times and helps you keep growing as a person. And when you can do that, the day-to-day -day life has way more meaning because it, it's it's kind of a dichotomy of sorts, right? You're not focusing on the 10-year vision, but you're also focusing on the 10-year vision because you want to be present, but having this bigger vision and mission keeps you more present. And I think also what might be helpful for some is if you have a 10-year plan, like, I mean, I set this plan, oh, I want to break the record for across Canada, this, that, and the other, like two years ago, <laughs> before, right. I was even, before I was even doing anything. I'm like, oh man, how am I going to do that? Well, the goal is here. I said, let's say up here. And then I've kind of, somewhat reverse engineered it this way so what do i need to get to that spot okay boom 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 and then yeah. i've kind of done it kind of that way and it's been helpful because if i think about oh what do i need to do tomorrow to get there it's i mean it's kind of it's hard you almost need that bird's eye view and think conceptually and strategically what makes sense and what doesn't and i think for me what was really helpful was removing my ego from that piece and seeing how then to do it because when my ego was in the place it's like oh self-focused self-centered okay i got to talk about me blah, blah 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 okay whatever that's not the way to do it so remove the ego from it at least as much as i possibly can and what is the purpose we're trying to help people 
We're trying to raise awareness. Like the government of Canada, a lot of people think that, you know, first responders, veterans, and and everyone's really highly supported. But the reality is they're not as much as you would think. Mm -hmm. And there there are reasons for people like me and others that are doing things to raise money for mental health. I want to, I'm not sure if your listeners or you know, how many veterans commit suicide in a day? In the United States, the study is 22 uh, veterans a day commit suicide in the United States. Now, if you were to combine veterans and first responders in Canada, that number skyrockets. So the 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 death rate or the, the issue with mental health in Canada as it relates to first responders and emergency personnel isn't being shot on duty as much as um, the mental health struggles and the suicide rate with these communities is very high. And, you know, the, so... I think that should also be presented um, in a manner that at least people can have an open mind to hearing it. Maybe some people don't care. Right. I mean, that's fine. But at least have an open mind to listen. You know, we, we do pick these careers. Um, we do. Yeah. Bringing awareness to this, that a lot of things that you mentioned today, I didn't know. And I think that's really important for people to know and just to bring awareness to that. And you talked about something. It's almost like you're plugging my my coaching program. So my, the podcast is called lifestyle engineer, right? So it's basically taking all these aspects, important aspects of life, mental, physical, spiritual, relational, and professional, and making sure that you're investing in them all consistently and engineering it. And I don't believe you can have total control of your life. I don't believe that, right? But you can have more control than you think, and you get more impact than you think. So you create this 10 year vision the purpose behind it. And then you do reverse engineer. So you reverse engineer it into three years, five years, one year, quarters, and then monthly, weekly, and then daily. So then you know that, hey, I'm making these deposits in the right direction. And whatever the outcome will be, it'll be. But I know that I'm doing the best I possibly can with what I have. There's gonna be days where you're gonna miss and that's okay. Don't quit because of that, because there's still something that can be learned from that. So 100% resonate with what you're saying. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate, um, I really actually appreciate you, man. I, I'm digging how, how much your stuff is growing and I'm, I'm super stoked for you um, watching it because it's deserved and I think you've earned it and I think, uh, I hope it goes even further for you. I appreciate that, Sach. And this conversation was fantastic. I definitely, we're gonna have you on. Um, many more times because I mean you're the David Goggins of Canada now, right? And, <laughs> no, I, and, hey man, anytime, uh, anytime you want to chat, I'm down. Um, look, I, I look at these conversations as chatting with friends over coffee, so mm-hmm. for me, it's it's a pleasure. Yeah, we'll have to meet in person, do this in person at Definitely. some point too. Um, so, where can people find you, and how can they connect with you if they want to? So, um, I have three sort of. Okay, we'll have a lot of ways to connect with you. So I have uh, my Instagram account, which is at such.in.motion. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. I'm, I'm really hoping that as many people who whoever listens to this can subscribe to that channel. I, mm. You know, I don't have a, a million videos, but I have a decent number of videos on there, which we'll be adding more over the, the coming years. And so my YouTube channel, which is uh, YouTube um, at such in motion. Um, and I have a website, www.suchinmotion.ca. And um, 
on all platforms. You can find information about me on Instagram and on my website. You can make a donation directly to Honor House. If anyone wants to make a donation, they can. Those donations, anybody who uh, makes a donation gets a community tax receipt. I don't touch any of the money. I don't receive anything. It just goes directly to uh, the, the charity. And, and you know, uh, this, this summer, um, please watch out. I'm going to be um, running across the province, probably filming a short documentary uh, for the YouTube channel as well to track the whole thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> once, you know, that kind of happens, I'm sure we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, We'll have more time to be able to connect in person. Yeah, um, absolutely. I will look forward to it. And if anyone's who's been listening, because we talked a lot about purpose, discipline, um, becoming a better person, um, better man in all the areas of life. If people need help with that, uh, that's what the True Alpha Coaching Program is designed for, helping you become the disciplined, resilient, and consistent leader in all the important areas of your life so you can create daily impact and leave a lasting legacy that matters. Again, appreciate your time. Um, have a great day.